0: Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. I've
1: had of you, Fraser, to now. Welcome to this week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I am your host, Mikkel Snyder.
2: and I'm your host, Victoria Vertine. So.
1: I'm gonna stop this episode by admitting to everyone that I finally broke down and got Apple TV Plus, which took a lot more effort than I thought it did because I had to like resurrect my Apple's ID and my iTunes account to get access to it. But I've been greatly enjoying Central Park, even if I have some mixed feelings about one of their casting decisions, but it's been great, and surprisingly, I find myself looking forward to even more of their original programming. Specifically, they have an adaptation of Isaac Asimov's Foundation series, an adaptation of Minjin Lee's Pachinko novel about a Korean family who migrates to Japan, and there's also a Time Bandit series, and that's like the nichest piece of content I think I've said here, because... Time Bandits is an odd and old movie about dwarves who time travel with a child, and that's just weird. But the reason I'm excited about this was off of the strength of MythQuest Raven's Banquet, which, as we've discussed before, a workplace comedy about a video game company that still hits way too close to home, and I work in an unsexy practical software company. But this show showed crunch, the mistreatment of quality assurance testers, weird timetables and deadlines, and then just being at the mercy of upper management and creative directors and the wild whims that they had, and it was just a very insightful look into what is a very complicated industry. Which brings me to the first piece of news from this week, in that Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed. (laughs) again, this time to November, and it was supposed to come out in September, by which I mean this game was originally slated to come out this April, and that this game was actually announced back in May 2012, and will be now coming out at the end of of this year, of, of the decade, 2020. And this is after major games like The Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima have been, like, are gonna be out in the world and actually like playable to say nothing of the fact that like if you pre-ordered cyberpunk 27 there's like physical edition item collector's edition items that like you're not gonna get and that for some reason they marketed a collector's edition xbox one x which is now gonna come out a month before the xbox series x To say nothing of the fact that this game is going to be ported to next-gen consoles via a patch before a fully optimized version is released at a later date. And like, on top of all of that, and that was already a lot, it's just been sort of like, every time we hear about delays, it's supposed to be like, oh, this reduces crunch. This reduces how much stress is being put on our developers and our testers. And time and time again, we've seen that, sort of like, no, it, it doesn't actually do the thing that you're saying it does, it just makes it worse for a longer period of time. And at this point, it almost just doesn't make sense to release this game in 2020 at all if it's being pushed all the way out to November. And I just hope that the people who pre-ordered this game get this game, and that it's good, because it's just in a weird space in a weird time and one of the jokes right now is that sort of like you know Cyberpunk 2077 is going to come in 2077 at this rate so
2: yeah that's that was a lot for our first segment so I want to make sure that I hit everything so I have also gotten to to go back to the beginning I've also gotten Apple TV but I'm kind of like I'm that person who goes to a buffet and like eats one plate that's what I feel like with Apple TV right now because I got it last week and I've watched like three episodes and then just got really busy and haven't had time to watch anything else so I am super behind because I just added more things to my life in order to be behind on them apparently but I think I can hook it up to my Hulu. Like, I think you can match them, and that would make it easier for me to watch things. So maybe I'll attempt to do that this week and, like, get two plates at the buffet. But all of those shows sound really good, and I just wish that I had time to watch them all, because I had not remembered the Isaac Asimov Foundation series for one that's one of my favorite book series so I'm super excited and yeah I think it'll be worth it I think that Apple TV might be worth it as far as Cyberpunk 2077 goes I didn't even read the whole announcement I just read the first line that was like we you know we don't push out like unready product." and I was like oh okay it's delayed <laughs> I was like yeah that's fine I don't need to read the rest and I feel like I feel like the best that they can hope for at this point is that they get, like, a cult following. It's going to be kind of like how we view the Jetsons. Like, it's already going to be retro by the time it gets released. (laughs) It's going to be like, oh, this is so cute that this is what they thought would happen in 2012 (laughs) when we first announced this game. Yeah
1: wow, that's wild to think about that, in that
2: Yeah. so I, I think that that's the best they can hope for now and I'm sure there will be some like, die hard stands who are like no, this is amazing but I also feel like there's going to be some weird documentary in 2030 about like the game that never was and it'll be <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077 so those are my thoughts on those things It will be interesting. We'll get it eventually. We'll see how it is. (laughs) Eventually.
1: Eventually. A couple asterisks and sort of like, you know, we don't like delaying our announcements about delaying announcements about delaying announcements. But, um,
2: yeah. Gaming,
1: coding is hard. And story.
2: Very true. Maybe they're waiting for like, things that you can get in game of like cybernetic augmentations like maybe you need a cybernetic augmentation to really fully enjoy cyberpunk 2077
1: you know people said i was crazy for getting a usb port attached to my wrist <laughs> but i have the hardware i'm just waiting for the yeah, software yeah, now for sure so it's just it's just the opposite for <laughs> cyberpunk like they have the software you need the hardware yeah. now you need a VR helmet that allows you to smell things.
2: That's, that's probably you it. Want- that's what it is, guys. I'd-
1: I don't want that. I don't want to smell my games.
2: Well, speaking of things that you might want to smell, actually, um, my first one for this week is Taste the Nation with Padme Lakshmi, who most people know from Top Chef fame. She's the host on Top Chef, but she was also a supermodel and is just big in the food world in general. Has a couple of cookbooks, does a lot of things outside of just Top Chef, and now has this new show on Hulu called Taste the Nation. And there are 10 episodes up on Hulu already, it's the full first season. But how we kind of came to it was from the free episode that they have on YouTube right now, which is the Gullah episode that they put up for Juneteenth as like a celebration of Juneteenth, which I have mixed feelings about because I really love Gullah culture. It's something that I have researched and studied for a long time. And to see it getting that level of kind of attention is really cool. But also it does kind of feel like pandering. So I went to the I went to Hulu and I looked at all of the other episodes and I'm happy to report it's not just this one niche episode. All of the episodes are pretty niche. It's it's not the kind of typical go-to, well, we went to New York and went to the famous places or like the things that New York is known for. It seems like they really did try and go to places and foods that are really essential to the people who live there, but might not be known to people who don't live there. So they have an episode on indigenous foods, and they have an episode on Desi culture, and they have an episode... It's just, it really is, I think, digging deeper into what it means to be American food than a lot of the surface-level shows that we get like this. So I'm super excited about that. And yeah, the, the, uh, episode is up on YouTube for free right now. You should go and watch it. And all of the other episodes are on Hulu if you have that. So I think it's going to be really cool.
1: I'm almost done with my Fortune Fire binge, I'm like near the end of season 6. Woo-hoo! So after I'm done with that, uh, I think I'm going to going to dive into to this destination cuz like I love cooking shows like inexplicably and this sounds great and also like food has always been such like an integral part of culture, right? And like it it's how we've expressed care and comfort to our kin and like traditions surrounding food like there's there's a mythology around it and it's always always good when people like explore this mythology and exactly what it means and i'm glad that these are niche episodes that like aren't just saying like here is st louis delicacy and a weird gestalt of cheeses that we have because like i know that i love that but like That that surface level stuff that doesn't really get into sort of like the the deeper histories and like why food is so crucial to to us. Like as a Filipino, like I grew up on my mom's chicken adobo and like that, that scent, that smell of like sweet vinegar, like in chicken, it's just like that that's been ingrained. So like when I found a place in St. Louis that had that the first time I had it, I broke down crying in the middle of a restaurant because it's like oh yeah i forgot what my home tastes like (laughs) i love watching that experience on screen so i'm really excited for this for the show and i'm excited that it's all out already so i don't have to like wait every week so
2: absolutely we talk about netflix shows a lot here at black nerd problems as much as we try, though, there's always a delay between our thoughts and what's on the screen. Wiretap has a solution for that.
0: Wiretap is an extension that you can put on so that when you're watching Netflix, you'll be watching a movie or a show, and as you're watching, comments from other people will pop up. It's kind of like watching television with your friends, but they don't actually have to like be in the same place or time with you.
3: It's a better version of live tweeting because you're not flipping between screens. Instead of going on Twitter to talk about what you've seen, you're staying on Netflix and you're talking about what you're seeing in real time on Netflix, and other people will see those comments as well. You can start a community that way. I can see Nicole talking about uh, what she likes on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, or what she doesn't like about Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and I can like, or not, can you dislike? I'm not sure, well, it's Nicole, so I'm going to like what she says anyway, because that's Nicole, she's never wrong.
0: I follow Omar, so I see all of his comments, and like I follow a bunch of the other people from BNP. So I follow like Mackel and Brittany and a bunch of our writers. So when I'm watching a show, their comments will pop up.
3: It's not flooded though. Uh, when the comments pop up, it isn't like 16 at a time. It's who you want to see, and not many random people, unless those comments have been liked a lot, so some of you might enjoy. It's kind of tailored to you, but there is an algorithm to it that doesn't uh, make it feel like you're being bombarded or flooded like on another app that we might not mention here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so it, there's no bombardment with that.
0: It's like pop-up video, except your friends are the ones who are popping up. Their algorithm is actually really, really good because there's a couple people who um, I have never met before, but like I appreciate their commentary and now i follow them and i can like thumbs up their comments and it makes sense i'm like i don't know you but i really enjoy your humor.
3: it's like when you're at a movie and in your head you're like yo you shouldn't have gone through that door i told you not to go through that door like you're commenting like that it's like live commentary with friends about well that was a stupid decision let me tell you why that was dumb and these uh well i got i got like what 58 characters 120 characters let me tell you why that was a stupid decision in 120 characters
0: it is really like watching a movie or show with a living room full of people, except like you can just legit be in your underwear eating ice cream. Cause they're not actually there, but all of their comments are there.
3: That's how I watch shows with people when they're here or not. That's not, that's not what more people do.
0: I liked wiretapping Spider-Verse just because Omar and Brittany were in the movie with me. And that was like, it was really just legit like watching it with like people I like.
3: I like watching anime and doing wiretap because you're guaranteed more a more ludicrous thing will happen there, but like when it's something like maybe serious or like slightly dramatic, it's a fun thing to wiretap. I mean, uh, never have I ever, but that's a great thing to wiretap because, uh, look, man, I don't know any minorities who can call their mom uh, the B word and uh, still be alive the next scene. I don't know nope. about that. I don't know. I don't nope. know where they do that. I don't know what fiction that exists in because. Not not in this time that I know and I had to comment about that.
0: There was a lot of things to comment on in that show. It's also validating, right? Because you'll be watching it in your house and just like looking around for like the other person. Like, yo, you you hear her say that?
3: And then I type it, yes, I did hear her say that. <laughs> and this is why and, and the fact that she's still breathing, so there wasn't a transition scene that was just black and her waking up in her room or still outside at nighttime is appalling to me. Nicole, how easy was it to download for you?
0: I went to the, I guess the Google Store, and downloaded the Chrome. <laughs>
3: <extension>. uh, <laughs> I love when Nicole's talking about something, even though she knows what she's talking about, she'll have like that upward inflection it. Like, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I think I know. I. It was a long time ago. Uh, it's memento Nicole. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Listen, man, just get this goddamn program, man. What the? What are we doing here? <laughs> easy to get the Wiretap app all. Uh, I you have to do is go to like Wiretap.co or go onto your Google Chrome and just download the extension from there. I'm pretty sure that's right. Download it from there? <laughs> it was easy.
0: That's all I remember. I feel like that's the important thing. It was easy. It took me like less than a minute to download Wiretap. <laughs> Can you say that? Mark. <laughs>
3: there should be an upward inflection emoji. Why is it not an upward inflection emoji?
2: Find out more about Wiretap on their website at www.wiretap.co, or download the Chrome extension from the Chrome Web Store.
1: Uh, we don't know too much about this yet, but DC Comics did announce that on August 22nd, they'll be hosting the DC Fandom. A free 24-hour global conference where they're showing off games, TVs, movies, and, of course, comics. It's going to be available in several languages and has five different areas that are going to be supported on this digital platform, including a Watchverse, a Uverse, a Kidsverse, an Insiderverse, and a Funverse, which... By my best interpretation of this diagram, or just sort of like exhibit halls, and like just like locations of where certain content will be located, I could not tell you exactly what will be in each of those verses based on the names alone, or the diagram that I found online. But regardless, it's an online conference that's free for all that people will be able to like see their favorite DC comic stuff on their own laptop. And the biggest draw right now is that the fandom is also going to be one of the first looks at the uh, Snyder Cut, which we've talked about. And if it turns out to be good, I will gladly admit that I was wrong. But I'm going to, that's where I'm going to stop and start there. I'm going to watch it because I I love the characters. And that's that's about as much as I'm going to say right now.
2: For sure. Uh, I'm excited for this because I think it's going to be the first really big virtual conference that we have in this space that kind of had enough time to be all it can be in the virtual environment. We've had a few before this, but the switch to virtual had happened so soon beforehand that I don't think that they really got to not that they were bad by any means but I I think that the longer we're in this environment the more we're going to see really cool things happening in the virtual space and with DC money (laughs) I'm hoping that this will have will take advantage of a lot of The things you can do in a virtual environment that you don't get to do in a physical environment. I'm excited that hopefully more people will get to go to these types of things. Um, I believe Comic Con just announced that they are going to be virtual as well. So I think that it will be really interesting to see how this works. I hope we don't go like full Logan's Run where like everything is a hologram. But I think the general format will be interesting. Listening to you list off the different verses, all I kept thinking was DC Universe is kind of, as we've talked about on the show many times, kind of known for packing too much stuff into one thing. (laughs) So I'm slightly worried about that. But I think overall it will be fun and it will be a good way to get people together and connect communities that have been kind of severed right now in this environment. So I think overall it should be good.
1: And I think to your point, I think you're right. We're like a lot of the online cons transitioned into being digital and this is being designed as digital. And I think I think to the outsider, it's sort of like, oh, that that's the exact same thing. They have to do the exact same processes. Whereas anyone who's had to make any sort of educational plan knows changing your plans midway through is a pain. Changing the medium in which you are transmitting said plan is even more of a pain. And just, like, it gets compounded. every Every little thing just, like, gets exponentially harder. So having something that is designed to be, like, a fully functional like digital con um it's going to be interesting i'm also like on a technical standpoint i'm just really curious how they're going to handle the server load and like if the website's just going to (laughs) crash because like that's my greatest fear right now is that whenever my wi-fi just gets a little bit spotty it's sort of like oh god the network's down i'm going to be cut off from society
2: yeah absolutely so i have a question for you Mm -hmm. do you have cbs all access I do. Woo! Okay. All right. I feel like that is a small number of people. It is. It is. But if you have it, there's another reason for you to keep it. And if you don't have it, this might be a reason for you to get. Are we on like forty seven yet? Forty seven streaming services?
1: So (laughs) thankfully thankfully CBS All Access you can get through Amazon Prime pretty painlessly.
2: Yes. Yes. So,
1: I'm still paying for it separately, but like, you know.
2: know. Yeah. So, it's yet another streaming service. You can get it through Amazon Prime, but we have a new Star Trek show, which... They've been doing pretty good, actually, at having a lot of new Star Trek shows in the last couple of years, and they've all been really amazing. This one is animated and is kind of being billed as the first full-on Star Trek comedy, which makes sense. Star Trek has never really been a comedy as such. It is funny, but it has always been meant to be, like, a semi-drama, right, where they delve into deeper uh, content And so, this is, as it sounds, Star Trek Lower Decks. It's kind of a mashup of like, Bravo's reality series Below Decks, where you get to see like what the crew on a cruise ship does, or a fancy yacht. This is getting to see what the crew of a Starfleet ship does. I'm not quite sure if it's going to be more in that mockumentary realm where it's trying to be, it's trying to come out as like a documentary series, a reality series, or if it's just going to follow kind of the regular Star Trek format, but be on different content. Um, I could see either one of those things being really interesting, But I like the idea that it's going to be animated. The last Star Trek animated thing we had way back in the day was mildly terrifying. Um, So I'm hoping that this is a good kind of introduction of Star Trek back into animation. The writer, Mike McMahon, has actually worked on Rick and Morty made very clear that this was not going to be a Rick and Morty type of comedy. Um, that it was still going to be much more in the Star Trek realm. But it was going to be a comedy from from start to finish. So I think that that's really interesting as well. And yeah, it's going to be on CBS All Access because of course there is not an official release date yet. It just says 2020. So... Sometime this year, maybe. But I, I like this. I'm hoping that again in the kind of vein of Star Trek that this means that we will get a really diverse cast of voice actors, that we will get to see see some of the reality. That sounds so weird when you're talking about sci-fi. But the reality of what life would be like for everybody else. Something that I think Star Trek is really, really good at doing is making it feel like real life. Like, all of the, their situations feel like real life. And I'm also kind of hoping that they take some notes from The Orville, which is one of my favorite sci-fi shows that I didn't think I was going to like. And it turned out to be, to be absolutely amazing. And I think that they they balance that sci-fi versus comedy really well and so i hope that they take some notes from that as well
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna sound like an advertisement for a little bit right now but cbs all access has some like really good content between star trek discovery star trek picard the twilight zone which is also getting a second season sometime this year the first season had its ups and downs but they had some really good episodes and for me and very specifically like me and maybe a couple other people like they have the good fight which also is just like a really good sequel series to the good wife and it's great political satire But like i'm like one of four people that i know no that's not true i don't know anyone else <laughs> i don't know anyone else i just lie to myself that that's I, the I surely series that. right it is okay it is.
2: I know what it is. I've never watched it, but I do know what it is.
1: That That's comforting. <laughs> Every once in a while, a clip from the good fight will, like, circle its way out to, like, Twitter. And, like, not everyone realizes that it's coming from, like, a, a television show, so I always get a chuckle at that. But, like, it's also really good. And, like, what the, their opening episode of this season was sort of, like, the alternate reality where, like, what if Clinton was president? And, like, like teasing at like what the ramifications would be if that was the case. Like what are the goods and bads that come out of that? Because it's a butterfly effect. And like, they think they handled it as well as any show can handle such a complicated topic. Um, it's, it's it's political satire. It, it, it used to be more lawyer and now it's just sort of like we live in a timeline where, where you can't just be one thing anymore. Um, to to the Star Trek series, which I'm excited that I still have CBS All Access for. Um, I'm glad that the writer specified that it wasn't going to be like Rick and Morty, because when I first saw the stills, my first thought was sort of like, is this going to be another, like, raunchy-type show with, like, that same, like, era things? And, like, I love Rick and Morty. That's not what I want when I'm watching Star Trek, per se. But the more I, I read into the article, the more I, like, saw what was being said. So, like, I can get behind this because slice of life on a giant ship is great. When I first started watching Star Trek as a kid, you know, like, most kids, I didn't have a sense of, like, object permanent. So, like, I never really comprehended as a child that, like, that ship was not just the five people on deck. Right. And that... Yeah. There were like just hundreds of people living down below, making sure that this ship functions. And like, like Child Me so was like, "Oh, big spaceship!" and, and Child Me didn't realize it's like, "Oh, that needs hundreds and hundreds of people to get that right. functioning properly." And we just see them like once, maybe like every two days. And so sort of like, evacuate the lower decks. It's sort yep. like, why are we evacuating? That's just empty space, isn't it?
2: Yep.
1: So sort of like, wait, no, no, there are people there. Definitely people there.
2: Anytime they were like, how many people? 1,200. And you were like, wait, where? <laughs> where
1: are all of these people? No, th- there's only 10 people. And yeah. all of you are on this deck, which is at the center of this giant desk. Right? Yeah. So the series sounds good. I like sci-fi comedies. And it. I if it's more mockumentary, if it's more slice of life, I think either way, they have... They have a really great universe and a really great concept of sort of like these are the people who aren't going out on the grand diplomatic adventures that alter the face of humanities these are just people trying to keep a ship functional and doing their best
2: absolutely and i forgot to mention that it is set in the next generation universe or timeline i should say so they are teasing at some cameos and I feel that's I feel like that's gonna happen I feel like we'll have some Patrick Stewart cameos oh give
1: me some Patrick Stewart give me some Jonathan Franks just just give me yeah. give me all of that I'm gonna I'm gonna eat I'm gonna be happy
2: <laughs> it's gonna be good but that does bring us to the end of our episode and to our lightning round as you know obviously we can't get through all of the news every week in our show so here are some of the things that we couldn't quite get to. Uh, Warrior Nun is a new show that is coming out on Netflix, and it in it, women get to take the front seat on demon killing and secret orders for the first time in a while, and they're not witches. They are nuns. It's a fine line, because they still kill demons and have magic, but they're nuns, so it's good. Gail Simone is hinting at an upcoming collaboration with Humble Bundle, between not just her, but a ton of different comics publishers to create an affordable comics bundle on Humble Bundle to support Black Lives Matter. And this is coming out of the Comic Writers Challenge, where they auditioned off a bunch of their kind of really precious, maybe one-of-a-kind items, but it was fairly expensive, so not a lot of people could support in that way. And then the itch.io racial justice bundle that just raised $8.1 million for the cause. And so they decided that they wanted to do something similar in the comics world, and Humble Bundle has stepped up to help out, and Gail Simone is kind of like piloting this and so i'm super excited hopefully that will come up out soon and we'll be able to raise even more money i don't personally really understand pokemon that much watched a little bit when i was a kid but i know that i don't get it get it but even i know that pokemon snap coming back is going to be huge so pokemon snap is coming back you can take all of the pictures escapism in the virtual world at its height it's gonna be good and then my personal favorite news this week john boyega has been in talks about an attack the block sequel and i think that that is exactly what the world needs i think that john boyega fighting aliens is amazing and we should have more of it Uh, because he's fighting all of the racism and all of the other things right now and we should give them some aliens to kick butt. <laughs> if you'd like to hear our thoughts on these or anything else in nerd news, feel free to tweet us at Black Nerd Problems with the hashtag TWINN. That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more pop culture news. I'm your host, Victoria Vertine. And I'm your host,
1: Michael Snyder.
2: Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Bye!